Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me, he is one-third of the tripod, John Dam Johnston. John, another week, another week of the offseason here and gone. We're that much closer to football. How are you, buddy? Well, I, not too bad. I guess kind of tired. I was up late last night doing yet another server upgrade. So, you know, being an old man and crusty, it takes its toll. The stress, the unbelievable, uh, I don't know, whatever. Can, I'm doing great. What What is, quote unquote, up late to you at, at this point in your life? And that's a serious question because I was up late last night and that was like 930. And here it is. It's 20 after nine now and we're just now starting to record. So what is up late? In your, you know, frame of mind, your, your, from your point of view. Well, I did a server upgrade the week before, and I was up till two, three a.m. doing that, and then I got up about six thirty to make sure everything was still running before the people started coming into the office. So that's really late anymore. I'm usually up till at least midnight. But t- the thing is, is uh, work going till ten thirty, eleven p.m. is a little bit. Uh, you know, when you start at 8 a.m. and you go to 11 p.m., that gets a little long even for IT people who mostly sit and watch things. That is insanity, and I do not envy you. And here, I thought my job was long and tiring when, but I got, you know, I got to get up, got to get early, got to get that truck rolling, and, uh, you know, got to do the manual labor for as long as it takes to get the manual labor done. It's a tough job, and I. I'm not a fond of it, but anyway, let, let's bring in our guest this week. One of Courtney's- we have a guest. Yes, John. Why do you? You don't have to act surprised. You know, I mean, I, I want to be surprised. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, I don't ever have a guest at my actual house. Nobody ever comes over. Then what we're gonna do? If you want to be surprised, John, is we'll j- I'll just book guests and not tell you, and then let you be blindsided when I say. And now here's Tom Osborne. That okay, yeah. <laughs> I uh, do you think we could do a blue chew ad with Tom Osborne on the line? I don't think so. No, well, you know, as long as we don't tell him. <laughs> uh, so one of Coronation's <laughs> newer writers and uh, particularly covering recruiting, which is uh, ironic because of what today is. We welcome in his five heart podcast debut, Akilo Roberts. Akilo, welcome, sir. Oh, what's going on, guys? So great to be here, man. I've been listening for a long time. So you're the one. Funnily enough, I I became. Yeah. John, we found our listener. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Come on, man. You guys got thousands of listeners, man. Come on. Sure. That's what we tell our sponsors. (laughs) You know what? The, The numbers are going up. 
We did. We yeah. did an amazing. We did uh, thirty-seven hundred listeners for the episode called "Pantless Paul," and I'm not sure why that one did so well because maybe it was entitled "Pantless." I have no idea. This one, you know, but, this one's going to be titled Five Heart Podcast" episode number one hundred and sixty-three, I think, and it's going to be "Assless Chaps a Kilo." <laughs> Wait, actually, whoa, 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 not to say that Miami's a small town where you know you could just sit out on your front porch and and watch all the festivities, but what was it like being in in uh, in Miami during you know the Super Bowl week and, and all the craziness that you know the the floods of people that came in? I mean, Miami's a big town and or you know big city, and, and a lot of people go there as a you know it's a destination uh, type of uh, place. But what just what was it like being in, in that atmosphere of you know f- football's biggest weekend? Okay, I'm, not, I'm, gonna be honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, so I'm from Miami, you know that. But <laughs> where I live, I, I live in a place called Homestead. It's like like 45 minutes away from from like 45 minutes away from what you would consider Miami, and like probably like an hour and a half away from the actual stadium. So I'm not gonna lie. The weekend was like any regular weekend to me, man. It was like country back. I, I, I live in like a backwards type of place. So I mean, the weekend was just. I mean, the football was fun. There, there were a lot of parties. We can like on South Beach, all, all stuff, and Winwood, all type of stuff. It was really it was really lively. Out. Out there, I heard, I heard people that went out there, but you know, I'm working, man. You know, I'm tired. <laughs> I was tired this weekend. I watched it at home. You did? Yeah, uh, I was at home, man. On my couch. You, are, you're a young man, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm 21. 21? And you watched yeah. it at home? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, say, I, I had work. I had work on Monday morning. How? Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess all I did was go to my neighbors and that was just a couple. Here's what happens in Minnesota, right? Everybody goes into their houses for the winter and then we don't see each other for months. Because literally everybody, everybody, when they come home, they bullet, their garage door goes up. They drive their car in. Garage door goes down. They don't look at anybody. They don't wave at anybody. It's not like I go out in 10 degree weather and go, hey, how about if we have a bonfire? Although we did discuss having a winter bonfire when I was over at my neighbors for the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, that Minnesota cold, man. Greg, were you going to get into something about the halftime show? Uh, I didn't watch it. I watched the Puppy Bowl. You did watch the Puppy Bowl because you have a three-year-old. Uh, well, I, I watched. He, he, here's the thing, and and this is this is just personal preference. Music is very subjective. Uh, I it the pop music is just not my. It's not for me. You know, uh, my. The the last halftime show that I purposefully sat down to watch was The Who, and I think that was 2010. It's, you know, not look, pop music, it's quote-unquote popular music because a lot of people like it. I'm just not one of those people. You know, it's not what what I'm tuned into uh, on my radio dial. So I just tune out and, uh, uh, you know, watch the puppy bowl. Watch the, watch the uh, dogs up for adoption running around, and it's, it's a good, fun time. What did you think of the halftime show, Kayla? <laughs> halftime show, man, you know, de- definitely got got the juices flowing. 
got, got the t- testosterone rising, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm from, I'm from Miami, you know, so I'm from Miami, you know, so growing up, you know, you're, you're in such a good place. Like, I think we're like the Miami, Miami County is like 65% Hispanic. And, you know, we're, we're the capital of Latin America. So, you know, growing up, I heard a lot of, a lot of reggaeton, a lot of Latin music, a lot of do, 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 all those beats all, all, all the time, all the, all the places on the road. When, when you're at home waking up in the morning, you, you hear cars driving past your house with the do, 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 do. You hear that, you hear that, you hear that bass every, every morning, wherever you go. So, I mean, I'm definitely, you said her music, you know, Shakira, Shakira, she, she's a bad, 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 bad girl. J, J, J Lo is, is like wine, she gets at a better age, you know. So, I, I liked it. That would, that's a good, that's a good summary. I thought Shakira, Shakira was very hot. I thought J Lo was trying too hard, honestly. Maybe that's because I'm an older guy and not 21 now. <laughs> I mean, J Lo was 50. I mean, you think she she'd go spend some time with kids? But I mean, you know, she, she's a celebrity. You know, she she got she got music from. I and then Greg didn't see it at all. He didn't even bother to like watch a YouTube video later. Uh, and try I, to catch up with what the rest of America is talking about. I saw. A few, <laughs> let me just say, I saw a few gifts, and you know, it was it was what it was. I'm not like I said. It, it, I don't care. I mean, you also got to remember that you know, a few minutes into the third quarter, my son brings over a, a movie from the shelf, and he's like, I, "I know you're watching football, Dad." I mean, you know, he's four, so he's not you know, articulating all this, but he, he's like basically saying, I know you're watching this, this sports game, dad, but Hey, let's watch this instead. And it was Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. And I'm like, eh, I, I can't argue. You know, he's four. He doesn't care. So <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. yeah nah, you wow. know, thing I, oh. Do you all hear that? No, what? Y'all you you don't hear that music? No. I hear the music. More importantly, the people hear the music. Folks, we're getting to go good old-fashioned WWF running. Let's let's welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast the other leg of the tripod, Hoss Reuter. <laughs> How are you doing, boys? Well, Hoss, I thought hey, you'd be dead by now. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just doing a good old-fashioned WWE run-in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I just, uh, I, how, about, I how about those, those cheats? I, I did one of those at a customer site this morning. Did you take a uh, steel chair go? with you? I, did, I, I didn't do that. You should have done that. Okay. Yeah. It'd be a good way to end up in county, John. <laughs> yeah, well... I here's here's the I extended the first of all Haas needs no invitation to you know his own podcast but I jokingly said to him last late last week I said hey you know if the Chiefs win this thing will you come on the show and sing a little song and I I specified the song that I requested him to sing Haas are you ready I'll give it my best shot I don't much of a voice after teaching for eight hours today that's okay i don't have much of a voice after yelling at traffic for eight hours yeah no shit oh, you, you mean so we're gonna we're gonna hear your regular singing voice <laughs> yeah, anyway 
All right, let me know when it's ready. I'll sing a few bars. I don't have any music for this. I, Hold I, on, I, let, me, let me pull up the lyrics real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Aquilo's got to be sitting there and be like, what the hell did I sign up for? Uh, okay. <laughs> I had to think real quick what this song. Okay, here we go. Just just stick to the course. We don't care about the, the verse leading up to it. Uh, we are the champions, my friends. Do, 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 and we keep on fighting to the end. Bum, bum, we bum. are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers like Greg's Pittsburgh Steelers. Because we are the champions. Of the world. Just like that, we're gonna get rid of Haas because he he had to make it personal. That that was that was, that was beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh, so you won like what six six Super Bowls as a Steelers fan? That's why you can't I, just give a good pal your no. broadcasting buddy just one moment in the sun because oh. Lord knows that moment in the sun with Nebraska football may never come. Well, here's the thing, and this is exactly why of the two teams that were playing this past Sunday, I would wanted to see the Chiefs win because for the longest time, the Steelers were at the, the top of the mountain with six Super Bowl rings. Then those fucking Patriots had to come along, and they also have six. But... <laughs> The uh, San Francisco 49ers have five. The Dallas Cowboys have five. I think there might be another one with five. So I just want as few teams on the top of the NFL mountain as possible. The Steelers are up there. And uh, it's it it good to get some fresh blood. I, I don't mind the, the, the Chiefs winning. Absolutely. Oh, so. You know, I stopped at Shields yesterday after I got done teaching. I went to buy a Super Bowl champ shirt. I had already bought some stuff online, but wasn't going to ship for two weeks. And I was like, I got to gotta get a shirt in the meantime. I ended up talking to the guy who works in the NFL department over at Shields when I was buying the shirt. And he was saying how he cried tears of joy when the Chiefs finally won. He was from Leewood, Kansas originally. And uh, I was saying, I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't cry. I was in disbelief, you know. Uh, it's no secret, like, no matter how much I like the Chiefs, I'm always going to like Husker football 100,000 times more than I like the Chiefs. But I did tell him, it's like, when Nebraska football finally wins another national championship, I'm not going to cry tears of joy. I'm going to just downright sob, you know. I can see that. And that day, you know, who knows? Uh, sports can turn around quick. That day could be a year from now. That day could be. 10, 20 years from now, but long, long the way, you just got to be along for the ride. Well, buddy, we, we know that you're Gee, Greg, I, you know, I, I rooted for the Gregs because uh, I have writers that were Chiefs fans, and I have a close friend of mine that was a Chiefs fan, and there are lots of Nebraska fans that are Chiefs fans, and I guess I we rooted for the Chiefs because I care about people. I just you're like the, I just like the, the people, John Damn Johnson. I, I, damn right I am. I, I you know, you never, never hesitate even to write somebody letters of recommendation, even though that person in question has may or may not have taken some liberties in insulting you on a podcast once or twice. I'm just so tickled because John, you everybody said that, that I've you known cheer in my life, everybody I've known in my life has insulted me at least once. And you Except dish it Caleb. out and you take it with the best of them. Yeah, there you go. Well, congratulations, Chiefs fans. 
Thank you. On behalf of Chief's Kingdom, thank you. Yes. Well, Haas, we know you're very busy. You've got some uh, work to do. And we've got a conversation we're going to have with Aquilo, so buzz off. All right. Uh, let's reconvene. Uh, let's reconvene after spring ball starts. Sounds good, buddy. Okay. All right. You guys take care. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, bud. Go good Chiefs. Night. Go Big Red, damn it. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, go, bi- go Big Reds. Go Big Reds. That's Haas Reuter. Is he gone now? I don't know. I haven't looked. All right, guys. Don't have too much mouth to blue chew. Oh, my God. He's like the guy that won't end. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving. It's a Midwest goodbye. 45 minutes okay. standing in the doorway, shuffling your feet back and forth. All right. For real this time. Bye. And he's gone. All right. Now we can talk about it. No. Um, oh, thank God. That, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hawk. He's cool. He's funny. All right, so Aquilo, uh, this today as we're recording this is February fifth. It used to be a very prominent day in college football uh, when you know seventeen, eighteen year old young men, coast to coast and even sometimes beyond, would sit down and they would write their national letter of intent to play college, hopefully at Nebraska, if you know they were offered, obviously. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, committing to a team that didn't offer you a scholarship. That's pretty cool. Uh, but with the, uh, I, I guess the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, John? The, um, rise to prominence maybe of the quote unquote early signing day, which has really just become signing day now in December. Uh, there's just not nearly as much emphasis on this first Wednesday in February as there used to be a kilo. What, uh, first of all, I, I guess let's, Let's get your take on on the early signing period in December, and do you think that it has helped or you know hurt college football, or or just has it had no impact? Um, you know, I think early signing day. I think I guess you could say it's helped coach. I guess you could say it's helped um programs from um knowing like okay, you like basically you have like a more of like a like a. Like a, like um like an idea or like what sort of thing uh, you have more of a um oh yeah you have more of a grasp on on your total recruiting class recruiting class for um the year basically now or you get you get that grasp in the recruiting class earlier now it's like before you wait until February you had all t- you had all types of risk of flips all risk of decommits and all that type of stuff now December you get you get kids can sign early it doesn't it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter whether they came out to early enroll or wait until summer to enroll they can sign early in December now. And you know it, it's 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 better it's better, it's better it, I mean it it makes it makes the late signing day more more boring now, and you know that, that actually be a lot of fun with, with the hats on the table, but you know nowadays I think early signing day you know it's it it's it's become it's makes it's made um recruiting more efficient for for college guys I would I'd say. John, we used to always have you know such a big. Uh, What's a, a busy day at coronation.com on this first Wednesday yes. of February. And now, you know, that content has really just been pushed up about six weeks or so. Uh, and now it's in December, but, uh, we still look at today, you know, it's a, it's another little baby milestone, I suppose, in, in the, uh, off season. You know, if I don't, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk with the kilo here as we go, but I don't know if Nebraska had a whole lot of activity, but it's typically a day where you find out, you know, at least in recent years, you know, Nebraska's got a bunch of walk-ons or anything like that. Um, just 
from from a site manager uh perspective does it matter to you if signing day is the first Wednesday of February or if it's in December I can't imagine I don't think I guess we were just used to having it here and and everybody would say it's signing day it's one of the biggest days of year for traffic you know and it was a big deal and now it's just I mean Nebraska did they added three walk-ons, I think, today. Other than that, uh, there was really completely nothing going on. I, you know, somebody reported we lost a highly ranked, I think, lineman to another program, but he was never in the mix anyway. So I mean, it was pretty dead. So I just care that we get good players and they show up on the field. That's all I care about. Well, let's talk a, a little bit about uh, Aquilo. The recruiting since since you started, I, I don't know if you want to talk about since you started, you know, contributing to coordination, or how long have you been kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of recruiting? I guess that's a, a better way to start. I, I guess you could say um, I started keeping my finger on the pulse of recruiting. Uh, I joined I joined coordination in, in 2018, so I'd say like roughly like around that time period. Um, actually, you know, even, even earlier, cause, you know, um, I had, I had relatives that played football, like, you know, um, <laughs> I read, I read that played football. And, you know, um, the, the recruiting process, it's really, really interesting. It's a lot of twists and turns. It's, it's, it's more dirty than more people, than people think. But, um, so I, I, I guess we'd say Nebraska recruiting, I guess you could say since like 2018, but like recruiting in general, probably since like 2014, 2015. And I guess if you've got, uh, you know, relatives who, play football have you know kind of gone through a little bit of that process you probably have a little bit of a different perspective because you know depending on how close the relative is if they're you know a, a media family member or you know third cousin twice removed or something like that but but you are at least somewhat aware of you know the 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 process or, or you know they they might tell you a little bit of you know just and, and you know without getting specific or, or naming names or anything like that but you know just it, have they told you uh, a little bit about you know what what it's like to be i mean do they feel like a piece of meat or do they uh do they feel uh you know like impressed by you know some of the institutions that are you know talking to them i mean what just it, it, being as non-specific as you can be what what are some of the things that that, that they shared with you uh throughout that process uh, you know, um, like you were saying, like they feel like a piece of meat or whatever. You know, it's a two-way street. Call it, these coaches, these recruiters, they can use players, and the players can use schools as well. Like you know, um, uh, a lot of people don't know, or they probably do know. You know, kids can post fake fake scholarship offers on Twitter, and the school can't even say anything because they're not allowed to say anything about a particular player. All all they can do is like relay to like say like like a Mike Schaefer, and Mike Schaefer will say, oh, that the offer isn't real. But but schools can't, schools can't say. Schools can't schools can't say out of their mouth anything about a particular player. So like, there's a lot of kids that'll be like, "Oh, all glory to God, let's have an offer from Georgia Tech." That's fake. But then they'll use the offer to relay into more offers because mm-hmm. then more schools will be interested in them. You know, um, as far as that, besides that, um, you you know, you obviously you got your your committable offers like a school or like like a school offer like you you know you know sometimes like in Nebraska, like prospects they'll post, "Glad to get my official offer from Nebraska." And it's like the you know the black thing with like the red in the background that picture on Twitter. Um, really, really like when like nowadays when like schools like when kids they have kids they have offers 
it's really just really it's really just like a school saying, hey, we're, we're really we're really interested in we're really interested in you. We want to get to know you more. Like a lot of offers, sometimes kids those scholarship offers really are really just being like they'll say they have scholarship offers, but when you really think about it, the offers are really just to say, hey, we're inviting you to our to our camp once you yeah, look in in person. That's 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 really, that's really what, what that what that offer is now. Then later, if they like them, whatever, they'll get an official offer. There are so many kids. You see them. They, they have offers from everyone, every from like a lot of good schools, and you, you end up seeing them at like Georgia Southern or something. You know, those those they, they, yeah they, yeah they got those offers, but those are really those are really those are really schools are saying, hey, we're inter- we're interested in you. Their their schools aren't aren't saying, hey, you want to hear yet? You know. No, I'm wow, color me naive. I I never. I just always take these things at their face value. I guess I never. I never considered that people were doing that, and they've probably been doing it all the time. Yeah, I would say oh, yeah. they probably, especially since. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, especially since the advent of social media, uh, you know, like like you were saying, Akilah, where uh, you know you can, and, and well, let's go ahead and, and talk about it right now, and uh, and this is more than just saying, you know, the the wording that you used, that you know, glory to God, just you know, received a, a scholarship offer from you know, such and such place, but, uh, this just today, uh, was an, at Ole Miss coming out and saying that they did not offer a, uh, letter of, uh, or a scholarship to a Northwood player who signed a commitment letter. And this is down in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, Northwood high school football players commitment to play in the sec for division one school appears to have been a hoax. Um, uh, wide receiver Detravion Brown signed a letter of commitment purportedly for Ole Miss saying, I'd like to thank God for everything he did for me. Wouldn't be here in this position. However, you know, Ole Miss says like, no, that didn't happen. So I mean, if you do it, on, I mean, if you do it on social media and, and you, you know, try to leverage, you know, that uh, uh, a fake, uh, you know, offer to try, you know, you know, score a better one. Well, that's, one thing, but to sit in front of, you know, the media and the school assembly and everything and, and sign that letter of intent when you didn't have a letter of intent to it, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of psychopathic. Yeah. <laughs> that's taking it to an extreme right there. There's at least one of those every year. It, it's our job. I'm, not, I'm not familiar that with That was those. it, Greg. That's all I had. Well, I, I'm not. That's the first time I've ever really. Come across that though. It, the are you because maybe what the hell is that music coming from? No, there? there's there's at least one there's at least one of those every year, where some kid will sign a scholarship offer and it'll turn out to be fake. Interesting. Well, I've learned something now. That's kind. Of, yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, kid, kid posts fake fake offers, fake offers all the time, but I've never heard of a kid actually 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 trying to sign an alive to a fake offer. That's kind of wild. <laughs> that's out there John you've blown us all away <laughs> with your hands again that with... was the proper phase the phrase there oh yeah no no totally so yeah, do, I, we, I, do I, we want to go into the, do we want to go into the recruiting class or is that where you're guiding us I mean we were, I was working my way there eventually probably okay. yeah sure let's okay let's, let's okay let's, John let's just it's your show too buddy and if you want to lead us in a direction, we all have to follow because you are our fearless leader. That's terrifying. 
but but it's not inaccurate. And that's I'm a man of few words tonight. I'm not really re- the, the, the spewing the words tonight. Uh, well, Kayla, what'd you think of yeah, this year's class? This is class. I really, I really liked it a lot. You know, at some point in like October or November, I'd say, where we were we like losing to like Purdue, the worst game, worst game I've ever seen as a, as a Nebraska fan. Uh, losing to Indiana, losing to getting our getting our doors blown off by Minnesota, losing to losing to Wisconsin. Although offensively we played pretty good in, in Wisconsin game, our defense we couldn't you know we couldn't stop we couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. At some point in the at some point t- towards the end, I felt like we were spluttering a little bit. I was like, oh my goodness, this is not going good. This is not this is going to be really ugly really quick. But um, you know, towards the end, we think th- things picked up. You know, um, I, I was, I was, I was actually shocked by that, by that Keyshawn Green commitment. You know, when you see, when you see, um, when you see, it, it looks like Miami has a lead. That it looks like Miami has a lead because he he goes around a visit, he decommits from FSU, then, and then, but he 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 leaves Miami without committing. He goes back to um up to Crawfordsville where he's from, up in like the up in Northwest Florida, close to Tallahassee, Wakula County. He, he goes back home. Then the next weekend he goes to Nebraska, and something happens to where he's impressed immediately, and he commits to Nebraska. That was, that was something I was really impressed by. But um, overall, uh, signing day, I was uh, overall the overall class. I was I was I'll see that we we got a lot of we got a lot of athleticism in this class. I, I like it a lot. We got a lot of athleticism. That's one word that I would use to define this class. And that's something that uh, you know Scott Frost is is his style. His schemes are are built on on speed and athleticism, and that's something that. You know, this is, I'm no expert. You know, I'm not the X's and O's guy. I'm just, uh, you know, let's make an observation and then talk about it next week. But that's what's been missing in Lincoln for a few years is, you know, that I think they, on the Bangs and Dags podcast, uh, you know, they, they call them the, the dudes, you know, and, and we didn't have any dudes, uh, you know, in, in really in the Mike Riley era, you know, we had, a lot of solid people, you know, great contributors and role players, but like, like a Wandale Robinson is a dude, you know, uh, you know, somebody who can change the outcome of a game. And, and we didn't really have that. And so I'm, I'm excited that that element is coming back. Yes. And you know, it's funny. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying it was funny. In the Mike Riley era, we had we had a chance to get a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes, but none of them actually came. Remember, like Michael Parsons, right. Donovan Peoples Jones, all that. They all bookie, bookie. They it all it all like promised for those guys, and they never showed up. No, you're absolutely right. We got seven seven players out of Florida in this class. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because of the time that Frost spent at UCF, or? You think he just has a good connection in Florida, or I mean, you think this will keep up? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two things. Um, I'm gonna, I, I think Coach Frost. Has, I think I think obviously he, he know he has connections from his days at UCF. But also, I want to say two people that I want to say two people that I think are really instrumental in um, recruiting Florida. Two people: Travis Fisher and DiCaprio Boodle. Travis Fisher is such a beast on the recruiting trail down here. He 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 turns water into wine, man. He, like that 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 Henry Gray pull out of nowhere after after the NIU game, that was that was mystifying, you know. 
uh, the RJ the RJ Delancey pickup after the after Ohio State travesty. That that was that was that was a great pickup because I watched I watched I watched Delancey this this year in tape and I saw I saw I saw I saw a game of his. Delancey is probably the best DB that honestly like in my opinion Delancey might be the best DB that that, that we that we got, that we got in this that we got in this class. He shut down four star and five star receivers all all year. He shut down he shut he shut down Tyu Jones Bell from Carroll City down here who, who's committed to Alabama. He shut down Doug Doug Amelian, the receiver from down here who's committed to um Minnesota action, and the, the um PJ Fleck over there. He he he, he, did, he did really he did really good this year. I, I was I, um honestly besides that um oh also I got I also I forgot to add to um I forgot to add to Sean Beckton because you know he, he brought him Marvin Scott White that'd be nice too. And also I, I also I also said DiCaprio Brutal. DiCaprio was like when the kids get there like DiCaprio he just they 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 they, they take the, they take the decap like a fish to water, like they they just build instant chemistry. Like they, they 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 feel cool around him. They feel chill around him. They they really get to know him. They he, he really he really get he really gets Nebraska to feel like home, you know. So I I I'd say I think it's really those two. Also um like also like you saw also like you saw on Twitter a a, a, a player that a recruit I should say that Nebraska fans are really and are really are really are really know have no, are know really well Henry Gray. Henry Gray did a lot of peer recruiting online as well on Twitter and all that stuff in the, in the background scene too. I remember seeing you know a lot of you know I don't. I make it a point not to follow recruits, uh, you know, not to follow, I mean, uh, uh, as a point, I make it, you know, I, I make a point not to follow any high school students. I think it looks weird. Uh, even if they're, you know, going to come play for my chosen, you know, team of fandom for, you know, the next several years, uh, uh, you know, devote, commit, since it's National Signing Day, commit to spending the next uh, several years of their life in Lincoln, Nebraska. I, I just, I, I don't even know if I follow any current players, but, but that's just me. But you still see, you know, through retweets and things like that, you still see, uh, you know, that there is an energy, uh, you know, around this recruiting class. As you mentioned, Henry Gray, you know, he's out there and, uh, he, he's not the first one that I've noticed, but, you know, since you mentioned him, want to give him, you know, some credit as far as, you know, incoming recruits. And, and there was, um, I mentioned this to John and maybe Haas, depending on how long ago it was on the show. But, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, there was a, uh, a incoming player who retweeted something from, I don't know if it was from ESPN or, you know, from College Game Day or whatever it was. And it was uh, it, talking about Scott Frost uh, leading his team past Peyton Manning's Tennessee Volunteers in the national championship game in 97. And, uh, one, this player said, you know, like, oh, coach, and, you know, tag coach Frost in it on, on Twitter, you know, and it's when, when you get, you know, cause look, these guys were not alive the last time Nebraska won a national championship, but when they see that their head coach did it and did it against, you know, a, a guaranteed first ballot NFL Hall of Famer, you know, in 1997, that's, going to stick with them and it's going to generate a little bit of excitement and I think it's going to want to make them be that next class that brings you know that trophy back to Lincoln I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of hype or maybe not hype but a lot of optimism a lot of opportunity there so I was really excited to see that use of social media just in you know like oh coach we see what you've done and in you know I of course internalizing taking it that next step of we want to be that next team, but I know, you know, every group that comes in wants to be that next team that's going to take Nebraska back to prominence. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that, that's something that that's something that really that Nebraska has been leaning on for like a while now, like as far as recruiting. Like that's like a real like that's like a recruiting pitch, recruiting pitch, ugh, recruiting pitch that they use. You know, hey man, look look at all these trophies, look at all this, look at all this hardware we have from '90s. Man, come on, if 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 you come here, we can we can we can we can we can take, we can take it back to this era again. You know, a lot of a lot of kids like that. You know, in general, in pop culture, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like '90, there's a lot of um '90s like um '90s. What's the word thing of '90s nostalgia. Uh, Love, I get, yeah, 90s, there's a lot of 90s nostalgia in pop culture. And I, I think that, that, that even, even with kids today too, like all the, they, they, they still like 90s and all that type of stuff. And obviously, when, when, when you think of, when you, when you think of college football in, in the 1990s, you think of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So a lot, a lot, a lot of kids, a lot of kids resonate with that. They want to come, they want to come make Nebraska great again. They want, they want to come take, want to come take us to Big Ten championships, take us to the college football playoffs, you know, get them all the way back, 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 back in there. Yeah, it's it's time. It's past time, by God. Um, John, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, un- unusually quiet over there. Are you okay? are you feeling okay? Is it just because it's getting late, sweetheart? No, it's it's because you know I I don't pay that close attention to recruiting, so I I rely on guys like Akela to tell me what's going on. Akela, do you have a do you have a favorite like position or position group you? tend to follow more than others or do you just follow who's like going to Nebraska? Um, well, I, I, I could tell you this past season. I, I looked at the inside linebackers a lot because our inside linebackers got killed all year. Well, the whole, the whole linebacker in general. So I, I was looking at how coach Frost, coach, how the staff is going to restock that room, get, get some more athletic, athletic guys in there. But um, besides that, you know, um, I don't, I mean, obviously, obviously I, I pay attention. I pay attention to QB because the quarterback is the most important position on the field. But um, besides that, you know, I I I I just I just I just like I just like at the game, you know. I want I want I want to see my Huskers do well in all facets. John, that that's there you go. I mean, that's how I mean, like, you know, like looking all facets, wanting the team to do well. Uh, what was the biggest recruiting surprise that that maybe yeah in in this class or if there was one, and I don't think there was one in a previous class, but uh, let, let's, let's open it up. I mean, would it be pulling Wandale Robinson from Kentucky, uh, you know, last year, or is there a bigger recruiting surprise in this class? That's where I want to go next. Okay. Um, I want to say the biggest recruiting class, I, I, honestly, I think, I think Wandale was a pretty big surprise because, you know, he, 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 he had been in Nebraska, I think before he went to Kentucky. Um, Cam Taylor, Cam Taylor was his, was his host on that visit. Um, he, 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 really, he really liked Nebraska, but then he came to Kentucky, I think, because of some outside influences, like from family and stuff. So, um, him, him flipping back, it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like it was, it was the right thing to do. But honestly, I feel like Keyshawn Green was the, was the biggest surprise. Cause I mean, this, this, this was a guy that was committed to, to FSU for, I think, like a year, kind of, a year, I think. Um, then, you know, Taggart, Taggart, Taggart gets fired. He, he, visit, he visits Miami, and then he, he, he decommits. He decommits, he decommits from FSC while, while at Miami, but but he doesn't he doesn't commit to Miami while, while, while he's visiting. Then you know we're on a week. He hears some rumors. Oh, Nebraska's in there, but he does. But they don't make it. They don't make it public that that they're going to be visiting Nebraska. He, he, he didn't even say anything on, on Twitter like, "Hey, I'm going to Lincoln this weekend." He they didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I think what's I think I think either Saturday morning, I think I saw somewhere. Oh, Keyshawn Green's on campus. Then out of nowhere on Sunday, you see a thousand percent committed. All the way to God. Go GBR, <laughs> you know, and that, that was a really big thing, you know. 
Keyshawn, four four nine speed. God knows we need speed in the, in the linebacker department. You know, against, against those slant routes. You know, mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> you know uh, that that Keyshawn, Keyshawn, in my opinion, in 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 the last, I'd say within the last two last two three years, I can think of, he, he he's definitely the biggest surprise. Yeah, two forty seven has him rated as the the best, the eighth best outside linebacker in the nation. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and you know, um, Michael Evans, he he covers um Miami, my he he covers um the Canes twenty four seven. He called Keyshawn the best linebacker in the state of Florida. So that was a big recruiting coup by Nebraska. If if, if he isn't if he is indeed the best linebacker in the state of Florida. Well, that's, and, that'd and, be a big with, thing. And with a frame of six yeah. three and hundred ninety five pounds, Green's got, you know, he he's got a good size on him, but he can always add, you know, that college weight, uh, you know, and and with what they're doing at Nebraska in the uh, you know strength and conditioning and nutrition areas, uh, you know that look, I, I don't think it's any secret. The reason that Nebraska, I'll never forget this. Ever till the day I die in the 90s when I was not paying attention because it was the 90s and I was from Illinois and nobody cared about college football in Illinois. Um, but there was a game on. It might have been, you know, the national championship game or one of the national championship games. I just remember they were taking a little video tour of the, uh, you know, weight room, the, the, facil- the facilities. I think I remember this 25 years ago. And I remember the announcers, you know, as they're looking, they're saying state of the art, easily the best weight room in the country. For whatever reason, that stuck with me, you know, all these years later. And the the downside is that, you know, eventually other schools, other programs caught on and, you know, made their facilities state of the art. So where does Nebraska get the edge? Now they have like a top nutrition guy. You know that that all right. We're gonna get you on a some type of type of meal plan. We're going to make sure you're eating the right stuff. It might not be the fun stuff. Sorry, you're gonna have to put down the Twinkies. You know, um, which for me <laughs> Twinkies was never my go-to. So as far as snack cakes go, I could I could get rid of the Twinkies. But uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put you on on a, the the best situation. Uh, you know, to build your body the way it, you know we think it needs to be. And, you know, when you got, you know, like a Keyshawn Green who's coming in, like I said, 6'3", 195, by the time he's been on campus for, you know, a couple of years, he's going to be 225, 230 of solid steel. Yeah. I mean, I I think of like, you know, he could be that Levante David type of linebacker. Well, we definitely need one. We need four. Lord knows we, need one. <laughs> we need four Levante David linebackers <laughs> back there. You can <laughs> Well, don't get greedy. Good God, what are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, out of out of this class, Kalo, who do you think's gonna actually can contribute on the field when they show up this year? This year? Um can, can I can I add Juco kids to this or just the the incoming high schoolers? Oh, Do whatever you want. Yeah. I'm guessing you're probably going to say Omar okay, Manning. Cool. Uh, actually, you know what? You know what I was going to say? I wasn't going to say Omar Manning because he said well, who's going to contribute immediately. I was going to say one of the defensive linemen, like Saldarius Payne or Jordan Riley. All right. Well, really, correct. you think so? 
Don't. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I think you know. I I think I think um. I, I think I think so too. Um. The the I mean, Omar, Omar Manning has retreated already, but um. The the the, the linemen they 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 they, they retreated as well too. And um. I think D line is since 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 David Twins left, since Darian Daniels left, who was a, a stalwart in the middle. Uh, the D line is kind of improving. So we're gonna. So I think I think those guys, those guys, if if they come in, I, I, especially like for Darius Payne, his JUCO tape was to die for. But um, but I I I think I think those those guys if they come in, they put on the right size and all that type of stuff. I, I think they're gonna do really good. I think just I think um, what I think about Omar Manning, I think a lot of people what people don't realize is that um, yes, he was a high school American. Yes, he's the big body four star receiver. But people don't realize he 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 had he he had no stats at TCU. He, he, he was retreating. And then um he, he and then um the the past the past two years that um the past few years that um the past years that you go in, in East Texas, he his numbers are good. But I mean if you guys try to remember, Jerron Woodyard and Mike Williams had good stats at Juco too. And they those guys were huge best running back to put it to put I mean to, to put it late to put a button. So um I, I I think I think Omar I think Omar Omar he has some, I think he has some improvements though. And I I think the receiver room was kinda of wide open. But I, I think I think one one of those two D linemen are gonna are gonna like uh, are gonna uh, make an immediate impact. Huh. I would have picked Omar Manning as the guy that most likely could to contribute. So that's an interesting counterpoint. Yeah, but it, I mean, normally you don't see you don't see defensive linemen come in and contribute right away because you know they got a year to get strong and they got a year to uh, put some weight on. But yeah, Feldarius Payne. He is a community college guy, right? Like Nico Cooper. Yeah, I don't think. I, don't, I mean, Nico Cooper is two hundred twenty pounds. I don't think. I don't think he's been ready to consider right away. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, I mean, of, of course, of course, I, of course, I could, I, could, I could be completely wrong. Well, let's take a talk, talk just well, briefly. We're, it's always we're all we're all about speculation. That's all we can do. <laughs> um. Let's talk briefly about some of the the walk-ons that uh you, you know did sign on on uh, national signing day or or you know did did join the team. Um first of all, Aquila because you're in Miami, did you have when you started I guess see this is John this is why we should have done the Q&A but that's all right. I'm going to I'm going to cheat on that. We're going to do one question. When did you become a fan of Nebraska football and when did you realize how important the walk-on program was uh to, you know, the the fans uh and, and to the program itself? Um well I I became a Nebraska fan in 2015 I'd say. That's kind of a, that's kind of a weird year to be because I'm a fan, <laughs> but um, you know that that's 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 not happening. You know, I have, I have relatives that down that place in Nebraska. He's 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 from down here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not gonna say his name. I guess they they can guess whatever. But um, honestly, I, the um the the the, the walk on the walk on program. I realized it became it, it became important because you know I, I I was watching um some highlights from the '90s, and you know, don't. A, a, a lot of those key players we had on those 90s teams were, were walk-on guys, you know. The, 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 the walk-on, the walk-on players, they, 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 they resemble a big piece of what it meant to be to be an Nebraska football player, you know. Um, I, I, I think, I think, I think it also helped that um, we, we had, we had, we had elite strength, strength and conditioning program back then that, that, that helped to help turn those guys into into men from from wherever they're from. We're from Luke City, Nebraska. They turned they turned them into 
quality big big twelve football players, you know. So um yeah, that, that, that's 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 really when I that's really when I noticed how important the walk-on program was. And as far as Scott Frost wanting to have you know 150 kids in the program, that's like you know that that's not even small business. You know that's a that's a large business that you're managing. You know 150 you know young men plus you know the coaches on the staff is is that too many? Do you think? I mean, and John, feel free to uh, you know answer that one as well. Is 150 kids in the program is that too many, or is that just greater opportunity for you know uh, uh, in, interior competition? <laughs> Uh, I know when, when when people think of when people think of like walk on, they think of them as being like cat cannon fodder, cannon fodder for the scholarship players. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I I, th- I think I think you know I I, I think no one, look Frost is a Nebraska boy. Frost is from from Wood River. Frost Frost knows how knows what tradition means to to the to the to the, to the Cornhusker school. You know, I I think he knows how important this this pipeline is. Not 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 only for um. Not, not 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 only to um not only for the fans but for for before the team too because you know you 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 you, you, could, you you never know what a walker can do you know so um that's that's that, that's how I feel about that. I think it's a little nuts. He wants 150 guys. <laughs> it's just that, you know what I mean. You're managing you're ma- managing 18 to 21 year old men and and uh, I can tell you that when I was 18 to 21 years old, there's one word to describe me and that was hellion. You know, uh, I can't only imagine how that's like 30 more guys than you would normally have on a team and 30 more guys is a lot more guys to manage and, and be concerned about whether or not they're going to class if you're going to do that. And I would expect Nebraska would, or just making sure you don't get calls Saturday night at 1am from the police department or, or the title nine or whoever, you know, that's just a lot more people to manage. So I can understand why he wants them so that he can run more reps during practices, but you have to pay me like $5 million a year to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure you'd happily take $5 million a year to, uh, uh, watch those kids. Wouldn't you, John? (laughs) Just, just if you were, just sure. if you were the one who was making sure they were going to class, would you take five million a year to do that, John? I'd, I'd subcontract it out, but yes. <laughs> You'd outsource the work. <laughs> well, yeah, you know some of it. I mean, I'd ultimately be responsible, but I'd sure as hell get some help. Uh, so, so the, the walk-on class, we have. We we got kickers, right? Didn't we get kickers? Well, we needed them, by God. God help us. Oh, do we, yeah. Do we have kickers and punters? Are we going to be doing walk Are we going to be doing tryouts next year? <laughs> um, is that a question for me or for it's, – it's, it's, It could be rhetorical. I mean, we, get, we should get pickering back from uh, injury, you know. Oh, and then yeah. uh, Dylan Jorgensen put his name in the transfer portal. He was the other one that was injured. Uh, but, you know, I I don't want to go through another season where we're – we could have made a bowl game this year if we had kickers. I yeah. think that's pretty evident. So, I don't know. I'm looking at the list. We said we got one kid out of Iowa Community – Iowa Western Community College. 
that yeah, looks I mean, Contreras. Is that who it is? Yeah. Chase yeah. Contreras. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that the only got, guy? Um, no, nah, we got um what's his name? Um it's a kid. I, I, I his, his name is Tyler Crawford. Um I I forgot where he's from. I, I believe he's Oklahoma or or, or 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 Texas. But according to his Twitter profile, he's a five, he's a five star. Kicker, he just has partner for what that's worth. So I mean, he, he's, we he's, got a guy he's, like he's, that. Yeah, and and he he's he's a preferred walk on. So at least you're not wasting a scholarship on a kicker like like we did in 2018. Huh? I did not know this. Okay, well that's good news. Maybe we'll yeah. make a bowl game next year. <laughs> <laughs> what it's all about um i i want to jump ahead real quick as we get to the end of the this episode because i know it's getting late uh for us old men and and it's getting late uh on the east coast uh obviously lots of time between you know now and in a year from now or or 10 months from now but what are the huskers looking at in the class of 2021, have, have we identified any potential recruiting targets or recruiting needs, or is it too early to tell at this point? Um, well, well, I, well, well, I can see some of the kids, and I know for sure that the staff are really, is really interested in right now. Um, obviously, you, you, you got Thomas Fadone out of Council Bluffs, the, the, the six foot, I think six five, 2015 tight end, absolute beast on the football field. Apparently a pretty good basketball player too. Coaches from coaches from all over the country coming to his basketball games. Um, you know, I, I would I would have thought at first that he was a shoe into to NU because you know I, I, apparently I, I remember reading that he that his his family are unarrested him. But um, as, as time goes on, you know, he he says he wants major major medicine. He has he has offers from Iowa and Michigan, two really good med, medicine programs. Uh, honestly, I, I really I really don't, I really don't know about him. Um, outside of that, besides him, you got, you got TJ Boulders, the, um, the kid from, um, Richmond. I think he's out of Clear Creek, Iowa, or Clear, Clear Creek is the name of the high school he goes to. Um, right now he's, he's from Tiffin, Iowa, Tiffin, yeah. Um, it, it, right now it, it, it looks like, it looks like a race between Iowa and, I mean, Nebraska and, and Wisconsin. I'm sorry for confusing, I'm sorry for confusing Nebraska and, and Iowa. But, um, right now it looks like a race between Nebraska and Wisconsin. He wants to be a 3 4 outside linebacker. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what's gonna happen with that because, like, you know, it, it, it seems like Paul Chris had the habit of 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 of, of negative recruiting Nebraska. Oh, those guys, they they suck over there. I, I guess because you know, he, I guess you know, he was friends with Mike Riley, and Mike Riley got fired, so he, he took up he took up personally. But um, TJ Boulders, I I I, I, can't, I can't I can't really tell it right now. You know, his his, his, his recruiting going, his recruiting things in a steady state. It doesn't look like he's gonna gonna pull pull the trigger anytime soon. Besides those two, oh, you have the in-state guy, um, Keegan Johnson, son of legendary Cluster Johnson, former basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I, 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 honestly, a kid like him, I, when I found out who he was, honestly, honestly, I, I would have thought he would have committed immediately. But uh, as time goes on, I, I, don't know, I honestly don't know what was going to happen with him. To be honest with you, um, he, 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 he visited Iowa in December, and I believe, I believe he does it again um, this month. I mean, not well last month because we're in February now. I believe he. Visited in January too, but so I'm, I'm, I'm but I may be wrong. But he he, he visited Iowa for sure. He visited Iowa for sure. And he said, um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He says he wants to visit um Kansas State, Missouri as well. 
Well, um, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I really want him. I really want him in 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 in, in Scarlett, Scarlett and Cream because he's a really good receiver. Um, besides that, oh, for my for my neck of the woods, Terrence Lewis, the linebacker from from Northwestern. This guy is a he he he's he, he's a beast. He's I, I see I see I see him in person. He's every bit of what they say he is. On 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 a twenty four seven profile, they compare compare him to Levante David, and that is no joke at all. He is he is a he is a he is a, a human heat seeking missile. That kid is nice. He 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 just released the top six today actually. Um, Nebraska was there. Ole Miss was there. Um, the Gators were there. Um, some other people I forget I forget where they are too. Um, so yeah, he, he he's he's really he's really, he's really nice as well. Hopefully Nebraska can get him. Charles Fisher and Ryan Delancey are working on him every day. So um, hopefully he's he's a get for us. And um. Oh yeah, we had we had Rizzi recently from Michigan. Um, Raquan Buckley. Um, they they put him in crystal ball for him at twenty four seven for Nebraska. Um, leading leading up to his visit for Junior Day, I thought I thought he would have pulled the trigger while he was there because he came with his mom, but it didn't happen. So I guess I guess we'll, we'll see what's happening there. But Nebraska Nebraska certainly in, in pole position for him. And um, that's about it really. That's all I think of right now. That was a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, I just thought there'd be like one or two or maybe a position of need, but you're, geez, you probably didn't even have that pulled up. You're just all from memory, too. It's like, yep, nope, yep. <laughs> Funny part is it was. <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to be a fun recruiting cycle now. I mean, no, it's always been fun because <laughs> I, I I just listen to everybody that's smarter than me. Um, so... Uh, Akil, man, this has been fun, and uh, you're gonna have to come back and join us again. We got, like I said, it was John's idea not to do the get to know you portion of the podcast. So uh, we'll have you on again right. later in in the off season. And what, John? What? Yeah. No, I said that's right. That is right. Today is recruiting. Today. We needed information on recruiting. We got information on recruiting. Okay, we ended up what? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I want to add one more thing about about today too. Um, we 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 missed we missed Hunter Noah Togai Togai D lineman from Idaho. But to be honest, with you, it, it, to be honest with you, it looks like he wants to be do, do a warm mission for three years and then come back to football. And Utah Utah looks like a school that let him do that. So that's why he chose that. That's why he chose him. I did not know that either. Okay. Yeah. Well, according to two forty seven, maybe I said this earlier. Like I'm, I said, I'm old and crusty and tired. National rank at 20th, 4th in the Big Ten, according to, again, 247. That I guess, you know, given that we've gone through three losing seasons, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Scott Frost is a hell of a recruiter. A hell of a salesman. I'm hoping it turns into wins this next season. I mean, it, it's got to, right? It's just got to. This is our turn, yeah. damn it. Yeah. It's, so, well, okay. That's going to be it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, please join the conversation on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And that's all uh, for my esteemed colleague, John Dam Johnston, for our honored guest, Akilo Roberts. I'm Greg Mahachko. We remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need, John. Go, Big Red. Aquilo. GBR, baby. Throw the bones. And win the damn off season. 
how quickly we could forget. <laughs> he says he's a listener. I don't know. 